You're listening to the John Stapleton Podcast. Good morning. This is December the 18th, and today I want to talk to you about why commentaries in Christian living books are useful tools that you should use. Um, so a few episodes ago, I was talking about um, five or so ways that skeptics misread the Bible. And, you know, here's the funny thing. Whenever I put content out, I never know what's going to blow up. I never know uh, what's going to blow up and where it's going to blow up. Uh, some days YouTube is doing better than Facebook and um, or Instagram, and Instagram is doing better than Facebook. Facebook is just kind of a dud, but I, I have friends on there, so I keep that. Um, but there was a lot of skeptics uh, that commented to my video about skeptics, and um, their skeptical response was not surprising. It was, oh, so it's it's our fault that we you know misread the Bible. Yeah, it's your fault. Like, yeah, that's what I was saying in my video, and I want to draw on that a little bit more why we need commentaries and why we need Christian living books. Because the sentiment out there is that the average dude in their pajamas in the basement that re, you know reads uh, a blog on Reddit or someone's comment on Facebook or watches someone's reel on TikTok, uh, that you know, uh, they're learning from an expert. And when they learn from the expert, they become the expert. And therefore, they don't need to really um, take this seriously. They don't need to even read the Bible. They can have all these opinions about the Bible without even reading it. And, um, and, and yeah, this is where we are today. And so let me just say this, just so that we can be friends and so you can know where I'm coming from. I, I don't want there to be any secrets between us. If you didn't put in the time to study, and I don't care if you, if you didn't put in the time to study, you can have an opinion, but it's just not that valuable because you don't know anything. You didn't go to school to learn this from someone that has devoted their life to studying this or these practices. And uh, I'm not a scholar, but I've ever since I could read, I've been reading the Bible. I've been at this for about 20 years. And, uh, and, and so I'm not starting from a blank scratch of paper either. And, and you would do well to learn from people that have devoted their lives to this practice. And, and so here's, here's, here's the thing. The gap in our understanding of the Bible is, is not because the Bible is unclear, but it's because we are cultural outsiders. That's the reason. That's the problem. Uh, there's this great book called Grasping Scripture by uh, Scott J. Duvall and Daniel J. Hayes. I'll probably include a link here in the podcast notes. Um, and, and, and they're talking about crossing the bridge from our town to their ancient town to understand the Bible. Time, distance, and language, they all make it harder. These, these factors make it harder um, to really know what the Bible's talking about at first glance. And the people in the Bible, they wrote differently, they thought differently. And so, for example, you know, we don't care about genealogies. We just, we get bored, we glaze over. But they would have gone wild over the genealogies, a book starting with a genealogy, okay? So, so we're going to learn about this person. And first, where did they come from? Okay. And in a culture that is more centered on the group than the individual, this stuff is pretty exciting. Wow, they're connected to who? Wow, that's amazing. And usually, only royalty would have genealogies. 
And so again, this this is a big deal. So when Genesis has these genealogies, like the table of nations in Genesis 10, that's fascinating. That tells us how the nations came to be. When Jesus was born, the gospel of Matthew starts with this genealogy. That's exciting. It tells us, okay, we've learned about all these people in our Old Testament, assuming you've read it. Now we're in the gospels, and here's who Jesus is connected to, right? Also, here's here's just another difference. Um, we care about the exact timing of events, but they cared about the, the the right season for the events. Is it the right timing for the events? Not the exact precise time, but the right timing of events. This is why when you read the birth of Jesus, and again, people that don't know how to interpret these things, they're going to look at Matthew and Luke as contradictory. They're going to be like, okay, so the, the shepherds came to Jesus in the gospel of Luke, but in the gospel of Matthew, it was the wise men. Well, which one is it? Well, it's a different time. Uh, Matthew jumps ahead to when Jesus is two years old because they're living in a house, right? They're at a house, they're in a house uh, at this time. They're not in the stable. They're not in the inn. Or, yeah, they're not in the stable, the manger, should I say. Um, here's another thing. Gospels are often thought of as biographies, and they're not biographies. They're gospels. Gospels is an actual genre. It's an, it's an ancient genre that would tell us facts about an important person. A biography functions like, okay, here is their birth and here are all the, you know, here's their life, kind of like their diary, their major key points of their life, and then here's how they died, right? But it's more like a, a diary. It, it includes more information that ancient people would gloss over because what they want to know is, okay, what was your genealogy? Who did you hail from? Um, how were you born? Where were you born? Uh, what did you do in your life? What key things did you accomplish? And how did you die? And and gospels often spend a lot of time talking about death and how that person died because how a person dies tells you a lot about what you need to know about a person. The most important things that you would know about a person. I mean, the gospel of John spends half of the gospel on the last week of Jesus' life. So this stuff, gospels work differently. Here's my point. My point is you need commentaries and books from faithful Bible teachers who have devoted their lives to studying the Bible and the original languages, the archaeology and the culture. Catholic and evangelical scholars are actually the best people to learn from because guess what? They're the people that take the Bible seriously. They're the people that are not passing it off as myth and they're not saying, well, we don't have to bother reading that, although we're going to have tons of opinions about it. They've actually done the study and they understand it better. And because they understand it better, they can teach it. And some of those now we have a bridge, right? Now we have a bridge to cross from our town to theirs. And and now the Bible isn't so misunderstood. And so I, I just, I feel inclined to say this. One of the number one rebuttals from you guys is, well, Christians just believe different things about the Bible. Well, let me just tell you this. A lot of Christians are wrong. A lot of Christians also have a, a problem with believing that the Bible is God's word to us. And so they don't spend time with it, or maybe they're intimidated by it, or maybe they'll read someone else's book about it, but they don't spend time in it. And so they don't really know what to do with the Bible, especially when one of you guys press them on it. And 
and they have different opinions because they don't read it. If everybody, listen, if every Christian read the Bible and, and took it seriously as God's word, we would all have the same interpretation on the key things. We would. We totally would. And there's a lot of details in the Bible that just, you know, we won't know. Scholars don't even know because, again, we're dealing with antiquity. We're not going to know every single thing. But the main things pertaining salvation and the gospel and, and the worldview and how we got here and, and how things are going to end up, that stuff is pretty clear if you understand the storyline of the Bible. But again, most of you just want to read a blog about it or someone's TikTok about it or comment about it without knowing the first thing about it. You're going off impressions you're going off impressions. You're not going by the works of scholars. You don't believe in scholastics. Listen, why do we need Christian living books? <laughs> That's the other thing. We talked about commentaries. Why do we need Christian living books? Well, Christian living books help us apply what the Bible says. Sometimes there's a topic or topics that need uh, a, a little bit more ink spilled on this. And so there's a book written about it, like marriage or money. And and again, someone that's been following Jesus, who's been practicing the stuff, can shed a little bit more light on the practicality of things. They're not changing the Bible. They're not adding to what God says. They're not disagreeing with it, but they're taking the, the teaching of the Bible and they're saying, here's how I live that out. Here's what works in my life. And so, a, a lot of the disagreement that you will uh, that you'll see is over principles and methods. Like the principle is the same, and, and, and most of us agree on the principle. The methods are different. The methods are different. Um, and then I would just say this: the best thing to do. I'm speaking to the Christian now. The best thing to do is to visit many books, but live in one. Live in the Bible. And I don't really care what you read as long as you are as, as long as you have the right worldview. As long as you have the right worldview. There are two ditches on either side of the road to understanding. The first ditch is to assume that the Bible cannot be understood. It's just gibberish, it's a myth, it's a waste of time. Who can un, who can know it, right? Um, and the second ditch, the other ditch, is to believe that you know everything and you don't. Scholars don't even know everything, so you don't know everything. Um, those are some things to consider. And as you spend more time in the Bible, I want you to acknowledge how far you've actually come in your understanding. And keep learning. The Bible becomes boring when you feel like you know everything. But when you are in a constant state of curiosity, and I would just say not just about the Bible, but really about anything, uh, it, it, it becomes more exciting, more intriguing, and not so boring. And I just feel inclined to say this too. Uh, some of you guys, you just want to live your life and have fun and not be judged by anybody. And, 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 and of course you would hate a book that says that there is a God who judges your life. A lot of the arguments against God is not just about his existence, but about his character. A lot of you think that he's unethical. If he actually exists, here's the funny thing. You guys don't believe he exists. But if he does, you'll you'll entertain that if he does. And if he does, he must be evil. It's it's not that well, humans make their own decisions and this is why the world's all busted up. 
No, you have to blame God because it can't be your fault. You're a good person. Um, that's all I got this morning. I could say more, but I'm just going to get off. I'll see you next time.